today on Ag News Daily. So our first panel is really about what are the cyber threats in agriculture and what are the initiatives out there that can support farmers as they try to secure uh, their internet-based systems. Well, listeners, welcome back to a Friday edition, the first Friday of 2024, January 5th, as we sit here to bring you the latest headlines for today, right, Delaney? That's right, Tanner. I think today is the first day I'm finally feeling back to normal after the holiday season. Well, that's good. It uh, doesn't feel like a Friday. I still feel like my week's all messed up, but uh, certainly good to get the year kicked off right. That's right. We got a, you got any big goals for 2024? I forgot to ask you that. No, I, I want 2024 to be worse than 2023. Um, no, of course. Uh, I think everybody should have goals to some stature. One of mine was to be more engaging on social media, to use social media with a purpose this year. It uh, don't feel like there's a big issue with the way I've used it in the past. I just feel like that was more passive rather than constructive. So that was one of the goals that I put. And uh, it's nice to have a goal that doesn't have very set parameters so it can kind of meld and move itself throughout the year. What about you, Delaney? Oh, I have lots of goals, Tanner. I'm a big goal setter (laughs) person. I have a whole notebook full of goals, but You know, some of them are personal goals. Some of them are professional goals. So I think I have like 16 or 17 goals, which probably I understand is not realistic to accomplish all of those goals. But yeah, I'm big on the goal setting. So if you uh, would listen to the Farm for Profit episode that we dropped yesterday, we kind of mixed and mashed some clips coming from TikTok and our opinions. And one of the quotes came from Warren Buffett that said, right down 25 goals and throw away goals six through 25 and focus on five Mm -hmm. of those Delaney. Yeah, that's probably, I'm trying to, to narrow my focus because I think that's a good one. One of, one of my big ones is to create a team of external business advisors because, uh, I run a couple of businesses and the team I have on all the businesses are great, but what are some external you know, mentors or advisors that can help me when I have tough questions that I need answered. That's a good goal. I think there's a lot of our listeners that could utilize that, whether it's in their farm or their business or even in their everyday life. So I think that's a really good one. But let's get into some headlines today. Western Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas panhandles are going to see continued snowfall. We talked about yesterday getting one to three inches, somewhere's up to five. They're now saying another one to two on top of those. Winter weather advisories are also in effect this morning with a mix of snow and sleet and freezing rain. An inch is expected in most of those areas. Freezing drizzle is forecasted in counties of northwestern South Dakota, northeastern or southeastern North Dakota, and western Minnesota. A glaze of ice is in the forecast there as well. Here in central Iowa, a lot of cities and counties are starting to prepare their roads ahead of the storm next week. I heard a meteorologist say this morning that they still aren't sure of the storm's path and what will happen is a couple of fronts collide. But we do have some haze and fog here this morning in central Iowa, but ultimately going to be a precipitation-free day with ten uh, seasonal temperatures as we play out. Well, Tanner, I know we chatted a little about a little bit about this earlier in the week, but this is certainly 
going to have an impact on the grain markets as we're gearing up for a potentially heavy rain season or a heavy rain sprint here, I should say, in South America. Since New Year's Day, heavy rains have been pretty consistent across some of the driest areas in Brazil, Mato Grosso, and Minas Gerais, north of uh, Baja. And the five-state region, which includes Goiás as well, accounts for about half of their soybean production. Heavy rain is expected to continue here into the weekend with about four inches forecasted for those drier parts of the country. However, when we look out two to three weeks thinner, that's when the model starts to turn dry or normal again. Of course, the big question mark right now is, will this rain come at a time when it matters or is it too late for the South American Brazilian crop? That's the big question that markets are certainly going to be chewing on here as we head into the next week or so of South American weather. But I wanted to go ahead here and take another stab at another South American story. Uh, In December, I believe it was the 10th or the 13th, the new Argentinian president officially took office and Javier Malay has some big challenges ahead of him as Argentina is dealing with some of the worst inflation in the world. Argentina's cash-strapped government has announced that they're going to raise $3.2 billion in hard currency in order to meet debt repayments via an issuance of 10-year bills to their central bank, according to a decree made on Friday. The new administration of Malay is battling some of the worst economic crisis. Now inflation is raging towards 200%. Tanner, last I knew it was around 150%. They also have a lack of foreign currency reserves and rising poverty. So the government is also expected to meet a delegation from the International Monetary Fund today on Friday to hammer out an agreement on a delayed review of the South American country's $44 billion program. But He certainly has a tall order to fill here at the beginning of his presidency to kickstart Argentina's economy back in the right direction. Yeah, I'm glad that you hit that because I know we we talked uh, briefly about that as well. I know when we talked yesterday, some dates to focus on, including Mexico's presidential election, there's going to be a lot of leadership across the world that is going to potentially change hands and therefore affect those in agriculture. We saw a lot of discussions on an agricultural issue that candidates for president in the United States have serious contention on, and that is ethanol. Iowa is the nation's leading state. Vivek Ramsey stated that he supports the ethanol industry and said that he was poised in his early discussions to take a forceful opposition of using eminent domain, however, for those carbon dioxide pipelines. Of course, Iowa's Renewable Fuels Association has stated that they are a very scathing critic of this candidate based upon his opinion. Ethanol as a whole has been a rallying point for the rest of the candidates, making sure that we still have bolstering American demand for some of the largest crops grown in the central states, according definitely a focus on Iowa right now because of their caucus schedule. It found that 71% of Republican voters do like the fact that presidential candidates put ethanol as a high ticket item 
on their focuses, but have concerns about wavering support coming from Congress itself. But there is unwavering support from DeSantis. Uh, it was unclear early in his campaign, but he has written in the Des Moines Register that he is in support of the renewable fuel standard. He is continuing to issue his statements as well. Many other candidates are going to be preparing, whether they have or have not yet, continuing to voice their stance on ethanol, which, as stated, Delaney, is going to contribute a projected 74% affection of those voters in agriculture will vote based upon their opinions of ethanol as well. Staying focused on ethanol, we got the report late this week due to it being after the first of the year. Ethanol output did fall last week and inventories increased to a fresh eight month high. Production of the biofuel fell to 1.049 million barrels per day. That's down from 1.107. When we look at that stockpile, the stockpile is at 23.517 million barrels. That's up from 20, or I'm sorry, 23.579 up from 23.517, which again, like I said, marks an eight month high. So that's what you got for ethanol updates today. I want to take us back to monetary policy here for just a second, because we also saw the release of the Federal Reserve's committee meeting minutes from December. And the speculation here, Tanner, ahead of those meeting minutes getting released yesterday was that we would see an indication of when the Federal Reserve would be starting to plan on cutting interest rates. Prior to those meeting minutes being released, the Fed fund futures trading reflected 80% odds that we would see at least a 25 basis point rate cut in March but following the release of those meeting minutes, it was not clear whether or not we will see a interest rate cut in March. The meeting minutes were a disappointment to traders on Wall Street, as the meeting minutes did indeed show that the committee members are hearing the complaints. They believe the current policy is bringing inflation under control, and they also have increased concerns about what further tightening might do to harm the economy. However, there was little indication provided by the members and the meeting minute notes that discussed interest rate cuts. The minutes did reflect some interest in discussing the Fed's plan for stopping its reduction on the balance sheet. But all in all, there was no significant shift in sentiment yet about when the time will come to start to cut interest rates. That was a little bit of a disappointment there to Wall Street and the larger economy as we take a look at consumer price index, the jobs report, and other major key economic reports, Tanner. Yeah, and it's interesting that they chose the word disappoint. I think there's lack of clarity because there's lack of actual visualization for where this economy is headed. I think 2024 is going to spell a lot of things out for economists. And of course, you can always see things better in retrospect. We've got new news coming from Trimble. They announced today that their Connected Climate Exchange 
a carbon marketplace to connect and aggregate varied verified data across the ag supply chain will be live. Trimble's Connected Climate Exchange is a streamlined process for aggregating this data. Uh, lots of conversations around the carbon marketplace and best ways to put this together. Obviously, we know that there's significant government support around these programs with lots of dollars being awarded. This is a program that is set to connect the ecosystems of farmers, agronomists, ag retailers, and the carbon buyers all in one marketplace. The Connected Climate Exchange will enable participation in carbon markets and sustainability programs for any buyers with proper qualifications. They're looking to make this a farm-centric approach, which will make it easier for farmers to enroll as well. This is considered a farmer-first solution. A did Trimble has been in the carbon marketplace since 2007. They are utilizing their existing technology that provides high quality soil data to help this program propel itself forward. So maybe a good conversation for us to get some information on uh, if we can get a representative on this, but this marketplace is live and you can certainly go learn more about it for yourself. Absolutely. We'll have to try to get an interview set up there, Tanner. But as we look at the year in review, 2022 and 2023 led to some significant numbers in bird flu. Nearly 80 million birds died in almost the past two years. But here's the staggering part, Tanner. One fourth of that loss of 80 million, about 21 million birds were lost just in the last three months of 2023. As we look at avian influenza ramping up here, bird flu egg farms who were hit so severely that we saw in 2022, along with inflation, egg prices soared some 32% above the 2021 average. Now, as we head into 2024, USDA, APHIS, and many other Ag agencies are working diligently with producers to try and eliminate this number from taking up even greater here in the year ahead. As we think about the last outbreak of avian influenza, that happened back in 2014 and 2015. That outbreak killed just 50 million birds, Hannah. So we're already above the previous record we had set here in the United States. And who knows when that end is going to be in sight. Yeah, that is uh, probably something that the end won't be anywhere near. A couple of quick headlines to wrap up. First is in the technology sector. Tyrannus says that it wants to help retailers and farmers understand every decision they make agronomically on their field to be the best decision possible. They have their ACE forward technology, which uses multiple drone flights across a field during the growing season. They've built this product layering using artificial intelligence and computer learning to assess the agronomic decisions farmers are making. Their technologies enable a leaf level view that brings good and trusted information to advisors as well as farmers to make quality decisions. So kind of a neat release there, pushing their technology for, forward with their ACE level. And then unfortunate news here in central Iowa, in Perry, Iowa, there was a school shooting yesterday, a 17-year-old opened fire at a small town Iowa high school. There is five injured and a sixth grader that was killed. So five wounded and one death on Thursday. 
students were barricaded in offices, ducked into classrooms, and fled with panic early morning. Law enforcement from all over the state, including conservation officers, went and aided in this process. This headline did make national news, obviously, as the Republican candidates are preparing for their caucuses, bringing a lot of media attention to the area. There are lots of resources if you or your family have been affected uh, for counseling or other ways to help you get through this tough period of time. If you are one that wants to be helpful to those, there's also just by simply searching Perry School Help, uh, we can get access to those connections there if you need it or are willing to provide that. But wanted to wrap up my headlines with that story, Delaney. Yeah, thank you, Tanner. A lot of those folks are in our thoughts and prayers. I know that this made national news, so we thought it was important to share with our listeners here as well. Tanner, I have no other news left to chat about here today, aside from taking a look at the overnights. What do you say? Let's do it. Well, as we head into the final trading session of this shortened holiday week, corn is trading lower this morning after posting just a slight gain yesterday at the close. For the morning, March corn is down a penny and a half at 4.65. March soybeans down six and three quarters cents at 12.61. Continuing to trade lower here as we're going to see how this Brazilian weather shakes out. Chicago March contract up a half a cent this morning at 614. Hard red March winter wheat up two and three quarters cents at 628. And March spring wheat up four pennies on the board at 715 and three quarters. Taking a look at livestock yesterday, they had a little bit of a mixed day. February live cattle shed 72 and a half cents to open this morning at a buck 71, 12 and a half. March feeder cattle will open at 225.65 on the board. And February lean hogs added $3.75 yesterday, opening this morning at 69.05. Senator, there's a fun conversation coming up here with Madeline Schultz, who works for Iowa State Extension, specifically putting together programs for women in ag and both farmers in ag, talking today about their upcoming cybersecurity conference. So let's turn it over to that conversation. Well, if you're looking for an interesting educational seminar coming up, this one might be for you, listeners. We're chatting today with Madeline Schultz, who's the Women in Ag Program Manager for Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. Madeline, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Well, you're welcome, Delaney. I'm pleased to be here. So I know that I've been getting these emails for quite some time now, but you at Iowa State put on a lot of different women in ag seminars specifically. Talk to us a little bit about when these seminars started and why focus on women in ag specifically. Uh, Sure. So uh, the Extension and Outreach Farm Management team started doing women in ag programs about 20 years ago. And at the time, what we were finding is that Uh, The women just preferred to be in meetings with each other and learn from each other. Uh, Women have a lot of expertise to share. And it was just fun for women to to be in that setting and learn from experts as well as each other. Fantastic. I didn't realize it had been going on for 20 years. That is quite the accomplishment. Yes. Well, you guys have a really exciting day, seminar day coming up here in just a few days, talking about the theme or the topic of cybersecurity on the farm. How did you guys come up with this topic idea? 
Well, we're very excited about the conference. And uh, just to be clear, the conference is uh, designed for all audiences. Uh, everyone in the farming community can benefit from learning more about cybersecurity for sure. Um, but we have been working the last couple of years through a North Central Extension Education Risk Management Grant um, that we put together about cybersecurity. And the reason we did that is because what we were seeing is uh, an exponential rise in the number of devices on farms that are internet connected. So for example, farms may have security cameras, they have a GPS units in their tractors, they have um, uh, like livestock systems for feeding, for watering, for milking, that are all uh, internet connected, as well, of course, um, their financial data and other data that they have on their uh, office computers or laptops and phones. So a lot of interconnected dice devices, a lot of opportunity for um, failure and for cyber attacks. Yeah, it's certainly an ever-changing world. And it seems like every day there's more things to be maybe watching or concerned about as related to cybersecurity. So it's certainly a timely topic. With the event that's coming up here next week, what type of speakers will be at the event for attendees to learn more about? Oh, I'm really excited about our program next week because it's very discussion-based to Delaney. What we have is four panels of speakers that will be speaking with each other, uh, taking questions and comments from the audience. So our intention is it is very uh, interactive with our audience. So our first panel is really about um, what are the cyber threats in agriculture and what are the initiatives out there that can support farmers as they try to se secure uh, their internet-based systems. And so we have James Holfen. He is an advisor uh, with the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, as well as Doug Jacobson, who is um, a professor here at Iowa State and director of the Center for Cybersecurity Innovation and Outreach. And then finally, in that first session, we have uh, Lisa Erlbeck, and she is a uh, with Avalia Bank, and we'll be talking about all of the resources that are available to consumers to help them learn how to stay safe on the internet. Yeah, I was really surprised to learn through the press release that you shared and some of the information on your on your website that over the last 18 months in particular, we've seen a really dramatic increase in cyber attacks, as well as about 50 billion devices that are connected to the internet that could be susceptible to a cybersecurity attack. Certainly, some of those are agricultural devices as well. Right, right. So it's just something that that all of us, whether we're in farming or not, um, do need to be more aware of and to just learn more about so that we feel confident um, in our internet interactions. Um, because we do live in an internet world and we want people to uh, you know, use all the available tools but to just be aware of some of those threats and how to stay safe. 
Absolutely. As you think about, you know, planning ahead as related to the conference goes, that is January 11th. So it's right around the corner. If our listeners are interested in attending the event, how can they go about finding more information to get registered? Sure. Uh, So the best place would be to look on the uh, Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Calendar. Uh, that's available through their local extension office or just hopping on our website, uh, the, the ISU Women in Ag website. Then from the uh, calendar invite, there's the websites there uh, that you can access. I, that seems like that's the easiest way. <laughs> Sounds good. Madeline, as you think about other topics coming up for either your Women in Ag seminars or just general seminars that the extension is putting on, How are you going about picking some of the future topics that are coming up? Uh, Well, it's really interesting question, Delaney, because there are some things that um, just perennially are of interest, such as uh, farm transition and succession planning. There's so much land changing hands uh, that that's just a topic that that, uh, people are interested in every year, right? And then there are other topics like cybersecurity that are really emerging. And we're finding uh, that people are, are interested in this. There is more um, uh, you know, good reasons to, to attend and learn about these topics. And so there's kind of a mix of these emerging topics and some of those topics that are just um, you know, every year people are interested in. Fantastic. Well, we'll be on the watch for any other interesting seminars that are coming up. But Madeline, certainly appreciate your time today sharing a little bit about the upcoming conference. Well, you're welcome, Delaney. Um, And people can find more information about the rest of the uh, conference agenda also on our Women in Ag website and our Ag Decision Maker website. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Madeline. Thank you, Delaney. Thanks for putting that together for the listeners. Thanks for sticking in around and joining us here in the first week of 2024. Excited to continue to kick the year off, Delaney. But for today, what do you say? Should we let him go? Let's let him go. 